welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Welcome, my friends, to another amazing episode of the Nutrition Burnout Podcast. I've recently been told I say the word amazing a lot, so I have to put like a swear jar, like a penny or whatever quarter into it every time I say the word amazing. So let's see how many dollars I spend right now on this podcast episode. So today it's a big subject. The main reason we are going to literally unravel the reason why you feel so out of control around food, why you feel so out of control around food is such a huge suitcase that we have to unpack in, in sections because it's a lot. It's not just a one word answer of because you're bad, because you have no willpower, because you suck at life, because you know, none of that is true. It's actually a lot of little things kind of built up that add up to, I, you need to absolutely take this food out of the house. I can't keep this in the house or else I'll eat it all. No way, Christy, if you let me have pop tarts, that's all I'm going to eat for the rest of my life. And I'll be super unhealthy and I'm going to gain 300 pounds. Like these are all the thoughts that I had too going through this journey. So I want to kind of walk myself back into your shoes. I consider myself as, you know, a professional with the intuitive eating world. And yeah, toot toot, I'm I'm blaring my horn here, but I am a professional. I teach this to other people. And I do have a course within 12 weeks where you will feel completely in control around food. However, that is not the the big thing I'm doing today. I'm not trying to sell you. I'm not putting on my plaid car salesman jacket being like, hey, you got to do this. But if you find that, you know, the podcasts aren't helping, that you need deeper help because there are people where my Instagram posts and uh, podcasts and my free PDFs, uh, plate building system uh, on my, my resources page, like all of that can help them. And they're like, yes, I got it. I'm doing this. It's working slowly, but surely. Right. If you feel like this isn't helping you to that extent, then get a hold of me. Like, we'll just talk. It's nothing filled with pressure. That's like, all right, you got to do this. You got to do this now. And you got to buy this thing. It's like, Hey, you know, this is what's here. It's here for you when you're ready, because you do have to be ready to be like, I'm in, I'm all in. And you can't wait. You can't wait until, well, I'm going to wait till the end of the year. Well, I'm going to wait till things get easier or or less busy or until the kids grow up or until this happens or until the summer, like nothing will ever get easier. Life is going to keep throwing things at you. So the best thing I can say is my clients who go through this always go through a vacation or a move or something big in their lives. They have a baby or, um, something happens to where they're just like, yeah, I had to go through this while doing this journey. And it actually helps them believe it or not. So let's get into why we feel so out of control around food. And, and this, like, it almost keeps getting worse, doesn't it? Like we, we dig ourselves this hole of, I can't keep this in the house. Oh, come on. Stay away from the dessert. Don't order it. Don't order it. Don't order it. Oh my gosh. Everybody's having it. I have to have it. Well now screw it. Um, I'm just going to eat anything I want. So I want to go back and put myself into your shoes and be like, I remember what this is like, because I do. I remember just the frustration, just feeling so chaotic, always thinking about food, always like, when is my next meal coming? When do I get to eat next? I would literally eat 
you know, my planned lunch, cause everything was like, you know, I got to eat six meals a day. And it was like broken down into my macros. I was the macro queen. I could like make anything fit into anything, but I spent a lot of time on my app, like going back and forth. And like I told you, and I think a couple podcast episodes ago, that was one of my big breaking points was in my like two-year-old at the time who could, you know, barely speak full sentences was said, mommy, put phone down, put phone down. You know, you never play with me, put phone down. And I was like, Oh, just tug at my heartstrings, you know? Cause I was, it was, Oh, I got to figure out how to, we're going out to eat tonight. Now, now I want this there scouring the menu an hour beforehand, you know, trying to input it into my, my, my fitness pal thing to make the calories work out. Well, if I do this, then I can't have the bread and I can't have a glass of wine. Maybe I'll just have a sip, but you know, bargaining with myself. Well, if I do an extra cardio session tomorrow on my day off, like it was just so exhausting. I mean, I was completely burnt out. I mean, hence the name of this podcast, nutrition burnout. So buckle up because we're about to unpack this giant suitcase of a toxic relationship with food, uh, feeling out of control around food, wondering why we have no willpower, why it's not working, why the thing that we did a couple years ago worked for us then, but it's not working for us now. And I just want you to hear me out because if you can relate to this, if, if you're like, I'm telling you a story that literally happened to me. And if you can relate to this at all, you are absolutely 100,000% in the right place. And this is something that we can work with to, to help you feel in control around food and to help your nutrition just feel automatic and effortless because nutrition should be easy. Uh, eating vegetables, adding in greens, things like that, protein, it should be easy. It shouldn't feel forced and we're going to get through it. So buckle up, let's go. Okay. So this is what happened to me pretty much every Sunday for about five years. So I'm going to paint this like devilish, devilishly accurate picture for you. I called Sundays, Sunday nights, the Sunday scaries because Sunday night creeps in, right? You're already like, Oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. All the things I have to do for the week, the things I didn't get done last week, the things I still need to get done for this week. You're thinking about kids, family, um, what we're going to do for dinner. I got to be healthy. I got to meditate. I got to journal, like all these things we're told we need to do. So again, Sunday night, it just creeps in way too fast, right? You're like, how did this weekend go by so freaking fast? And you're also wondering how did I get so off track with my food, right? Because Monday through Friday, well, Monday through Thursday ish, I was a saint. I would, it was so easy to get back on track. I felt like being at work at this time, I worked at my husband's jewelry store. I mean, I just packed my foods on Sunday and I was ready to rock and roll. I'm going to do it this week. This is going to be the week where I don't mess up, where I don't binge. Right. But something always happened. So an event, uh, somebody got sick. Uh, I couldn't meal prep. Something happened to where things got kind of like Oh, knocked out of place and it would frustrate me to no end. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be the week. So Sunday scaries. All right. How am I going to get all this done? How am I going to do all this? And I'm also kind of inflating at the same time with this regret of like shame and guilt, extreme guilt over the ways that I wasn't compliant. Like, come on, Christy, you could have stopped yourself of, at that, you know, one piece of pizza, but you didn't, you just went into effort mode and you were just like, I'm screw it. I'm done. And these thoughts in my head came up to me like, I'm so bad. And now I have to eat less and work out more this week. So I'm trying to erase all the bad stuff, all the bad shit that I did 
you know, that weekend. So now I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not going to put any creamer in my coffee. I'd allow myself like a teaspoon, but now there's none at all. Right. I'm trying to be more strict now because I'm trying to make up for it all. So does this, does this sound familiar? Honestly, like I'm imagining that you're nodding your head in disbelief that I know what happened to you last weekend, but all right. I'm going to keep this going because I'm about to hopefully walk into your mind and read more of your thoughts aloud because this is exactly what I would go through. So again, Sundays were super tough for me. Like I would white knuckle my way through because I would be so excited at one point that I'm like, yes, I get to eat whatever I want. Finally, like I'm so sick of chicken and broccoli. I'm so sick of it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have McDonald's. I'm going to have Skittles. I'm going to have cookies. I'm going to make those brownies because F it, right? And then Monday would come, eat clean, follow my plan until it used to be Saturday morning. And then it turned into Friday night. And when Friday night hit, I was so burnt out from that dry chicken and broccoli. And I just wanted pizza delivered straight to my front door and practically into my mouth. And that honestly sounded like the best night I could ever have. And then Friday nights turned into, well, Thursdays are almost Fridays. So more days than not, like four days a week, I was just in binge mode. And then Monday through Thursday ish, I would eat clean. And it was like an extreme level to where I was either totally on or totally off. There was no in between. So I was constantly bouncing back and forth between this black or white mode. Like there was no gray whatsoever. I didn't know how to be balanced. Balanced was like a mystical word. I'm like, I don't even know. There's no way it's, I'm just going to do that. Trust me. Now I've heard people say, once you stop eating sugar, you just don't crave it anymore. And you know, I just need to get to that point. So what is it like now they say 20, 21 days to break a habit or, you know, whatever it is, I just need to go that long. And so I would follow the cycle all over again, eat clean Monday through about Thursday ish. And then Friday night would hit and I'd be so burnt out. I just want to eat pizza. And that was way more appealing than me microwaving my fifth leftover Tupperware meal prep that I was already burnt out on that I've already had for the 11 billionth day in a row. But you know, that pizza, so cheesy, so decadent, so warm and comfy and temptingly scrumptious. It was just so seductively off limits. And correct me if I'm wrong when I say that it being off limits made me want it more. Like, I think there's something to say about people following food rules for so long that not following them or being the the complete opposite, like the that I'm just going to screw it. Like doing something so erratic, so just out of control seems like such a good idea. It's almost like I wanted to be bad. Like, oh, it's going to be so much fun to break this rule. It, it was like this adrenaline pump through me that, yeah, kind of like secret eating. I used to eat in secret. Like my husband would, you know, go put the boys to bed and it was his night. So I'd, I'd go down in the kitchen and I just raid the kitchen because it was like this adrenaline rush of like giddiness of, oh my gosh, I'm doing something bad I shouldn't be doing. And that almost excited me too. So it was that combined with the, oh my gosh, I haven't had this in forever. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm being so bad. But then afterward, I would just feel that guilt and shame monster. And it would 
grow to this enormous size in my head and I would feel like garbage. And then it would be like, Christy, did you really need to do that? Like all of a sudden I just felt so shameful and like, I'm not being healthy if I can't follow this plan because I've already messed up too many times. So I would just give up and say, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to enjoy myself the rest of this weekend or the rest of this night. I already screwed up, you know, plus that party at our friend's house is tomorrow. So I'll be able to eat whatever I want there, get it all out of my system and then start over again on Monday. And that seemed to curb the shame and guilt, the, well, this is the last time I'm going to do it. It really helped kind of round it out. So it wasn't such a jagged edge. It didn't stab as hard. It was still there and kind of pressed against me, but it wasn't that, that just horrifying stab of what did you just do? And, and, you know, I talk about this at all. I think one of my earlier podcasts was called, um, the binge orgasm. Like that's what it was to me. It was the, that orgasm that I reached with binge eating. And then when I was done, it was like, Oh God, I felt so shameful. Like, Oh, I did. I just do that. So it was, it was that guilt and shame, that judgment on myself that I was like, Oh, so Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush, the two people who wrote the intuitive eating book back in the nineties, they call this mentality, the last supper mentality, uh, where you think thoughts like, all right, I better eat it now to get it all out of my system and out of the house because I can't be tempted by the sugar and carb demons come Monday when I'm back on track. Right. And so we've all thought this, right. And then what comes next? You just absolutely go crazy on all the foods that are in your house. You're like, I I can't waste it. I better eat this. The stale graham crackers, the frosting that's been left in the fridge for probably two months that you're like, yeah, it's still good, right? Like I would scarf down anything that looked even half empty, like 14 day old cupcakes, my kids, uh, like snack bars that they weren't eating. Um, that Pinterest mug cake that I always wanted to make, but never had the calories to do so. You know, I couldn't spend the calories on it cause I was so calorie poor and, uh, I had to budget them. So just just so, you know, so even it, this even got to the point to where on the good days, like when I was being good, right on Mondays, the days that I was following all of my compliant instructions for my wellness plan or my health plan or whatever it was. I remember this one time, my husband brought me home my favorite box of pop tarts. And I honestly, like I was mad at him. I was mad at him. Another time he brought me home, he was dropping the kids off. It was day off from work. And he brought me home a coffee with the the nitro brew. I think that had just come out at that time. And it has, you know, like the foam on top, like the caramel. And I'm like, I was mad at him. Cause I'm like, don't you know, I'm drinking black coffee. No, I can't even drink this. And you just wasted like $6. And I was so mad at him. And he was thinking about me and brought me home something he thought I would like. And I, I was mad at him, but I was mad at myself because I wanted to eat it. But I was, I was like, why don't you know, this is what I'm doing right now. And he doesn't know. I, my gosh, my, um, like coffee habits would change like the wind. No, I'm doing this now. No, I'm on this. No, I'm not doing uh creamer. I'm just doing a little bit of, um, you know, 2% milk and then that's it, you know, or I'm, I'm just doing, I'm blending in, um, coconut oil, because when it, you know, you blend it, it froths into a cappuccino and it's so healthy for you. You know, I'm not doing anything else. And so I was just this monster, like my whole world revolved around food when I was going to eat what I was putting in my mouth, how many calories it was. And 
it got to the point to where I wasn't thinking about my family anymore. I was thinking about, no, I can't eat that. I worked out today, or I, I can't eat this because I guess I worked out a little bit more today. Um, I had to earn my food. It was just this like guilt and shame cycle of being good and being bad. And suddenly like when I would go have those binging moments, which happened every freaking weekend, like this became a cyclical pattern Monday through Thursday ish, I would eat clean. And then Thursday-ish through Sunday, I would binge. Like when I say binge, I mean, I would go nuts. So this is where those Sunday scaries felt in. I felt physically and mentally just miserable. I mean, I would be stressed out about how I needed to stay on track this upcoming week, worried sick if I'd have enough willpower to be good at the barbecue coming up or the events, whatever it was. I'd be freaking out if I could come up with a good excuse as to why I couldn't get ice cream when I picked my boys up from school. And when I was just staring at them, asking how their day was, but not really listening, but just watching them eat it. And, and, you know, as I'm getting the kids, their ice cream cones, a drop would land on my finger and I'd lick it and be like, Oh my gosh. I mean, you guys, I would literally, it would be that point at parties. I would deprive myself so much because I can't have bad foods. I can't eat unhealthy foods, junk food. I would lick the frosting off of other people's plates when they put it in the trash. Like it was that bad. I would just constantly be searching for new diet plans that were more flexible, but one where I could still keep losing weight. Um, I would just be bargaining with myself. Like, should I take away my snacks on Thursday because I might be, not be able to get a workout in or, you know, this weekend I really want to drink. I just want to have one drink, but I can't because I can't afford the calories. And oh my gosh, like this is what my mind was just bombarded with. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is no way to live. This is something to where even if you have this, and maybe it's not as bad, or maybe you're like, uh, yeah, this is exactly how I feel. I'm constantly thinking about food. I'm constantly like worried about what my next meal is going to be. If it's enough, if it's going to hold me over, why I'm hungry 20 minutes after I eat it, why I constantly binge around three o'clock in the afternoon or at night. Like, I don't understand. I'm doing everything right. And I'm a monster. Like my social life is non-existent. Like, I just want to stay in all the time. I don't even want to go out. I don't want to get dressed up. I don't like my body. I don't like how I feel. Um, I can't seem to stay on a workout plan because I can't get my ass up in the morning. Like all these things I would just be berating myself about. And my husband is going to leave me because I'm fat and I'm ugly. And like just (laughs) these little stories, I would say in my head. And this is where it's a super interesting concept, right? Like we start thinking about all the ways we can get healthier or finally stay on track and stay on plan. But this is exactly what's wrong. You think you're doing everything right. And I'm not like trying to be like, oh, you're doing this wrong, blah, blah, blah. But we are. In reality, I mean, you and I, we grew up in an era where diets were king. And if you didn't look a certain way or weigh a certain amount, you weren't attractive. You weren't worthy and you would never find love or never, um, amount to something or be an asset to anyone. And this is kind of what we were taught that social background. And here's the other thing about this. Listen, listen, Linda, hear me out. You will always have assholes that think this way. However, it's not our job to convert them. It's our job to live our lives the way that we want to live 
because our actions are going to speak way louder than our words. So I'm, let me explain this a little better. People are always going to think this way. And honestly, my whole thing is they can think whichever way they want. It's not your job to convert people into this body love, um, haze, health at every size, uh, just complete follower, right? It's not your job to tell people how they should feel or how they should think. What your job is, is to do what's right for you because actions are going to speak louder than words. My thing is, I don't want you to live in a bubble to where oh, that trigger word hurts me. Um, Don't say this. Don't think this about people. Get offended by everything that's going on in life because everything's going to offend you. I want you to become this person that you show who you are. You change the world by being who you are without saying a word. You're that person that doesn't talk about anybody's weight behind their back. You don't talk about your weight. You're that person that's like, you know what? You can say whatever you want, but I believe everybody could be healthy at every size. Like there's so many people out there that live in bigger bodies that are super healthy. I have a lot of clients that will go into straight up eating disorders if they go under 200 pounds because of their genetic makeup. I know an Olympic lifter that's about 300 pounds and she is a badass and she is healthy. I used to know a guy that went to the gym every single day who lives in a bigger body, right? Allow people to think what they want to think. Stand up for yourself when you can, but also don't let what other people say become your reality. I heard this uh, lady on TikTok. She was awful. I did uh, a remix on it, but she said, you don't want to be the fat girl. You don't like being fat. You know you hate being fat in those pictures. You don't want to walk out to the beach and while you're sitting there with all your cellulite and fat hanging out, uh, your husband's looking at other fit women, you know, you're just making excuses because, you know, you don't want to move even though you're tired of being fat. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this lady is crazy. She is just full of hatred and insecurity, but that's exactly what it is, right? People that are going to say these things, the people and society that put this stuff in your brain that you aren't worthy, that you weren't good enough unless you're a certain size, that's on them. That's how they feel about themselves. That's how they view the world. And they are even harder on themselves. So that's a reflection on them, not you. So I I truthfully and honestly, one of the biggest things we can start doing is to just say, what's good for me right now? Because most people that go on this journey they don't understand what you go through and it's okay. It's okay that they don't understand. They don't need to understand. You need to understand. It's, it's something that not everybody gets this deep into disordered eating patterns, not even just eating disorders, but just disordered eating patterns. Like what we just talked about the Sunday scaries feeling that like shame and guilt on an extreme level, pretty much daily about what you eat and how you eat that is, is unhealthy. That's unhealthy for your mental health, not only your mental health, but your physical health too. So it's important to know that people, they can think that way if they want, that's fine, but that doesn't have to be how you think, right? It doesn't have to be like, oh, well, I have to be this weight 
to, in order to feel better about myself. Like we all have that three digit number in our head that we're like, I have to get down to this weight. I have to get down to this number. This is like my number one. I absolutely have to do this. No, you do not. You'll be chasing that number for the rest of your life. And in the same freaking cycle. So what you do to break it is you kind of do the opposite. So this is why I I started my business. This is why I started that Sunday Scaries email series that I have. It's because you binge eat, you know, you you have this terrible body image and, you know, there's all this worry and, and dread about what you look like, but really it's about how you feel. It's about the lifestyle you want to live rather than the number on the scale, because it's, it's truly, it's an interesting concept. Like instead of dieting, learning to trust yourself around food and instead of using the scale as your only form of measurement of health, thinking of health as self-care rather than self-control. And instead of micromanaging every single thing you put in your mouth, it's loosening that grip, giving up short-term power to gain back long-term control over your health. And instead of having this, all right, I'm gonna start a seven-day workout plan. I'm doing it, it's gonna happen this time. No, it's moving your body, not for calorie burn, but because it feels good to do so. Like our bodies are meant to move. Movement is your body's love language. So when you move it, you're saying, I love you to your body. Like as woo-woo as that sounds, that's what it is. So our bodies were not meant to sit for long periods of time. That's why we get achy and we like, oh my gosh, my back hurts, like my legs hurt, all these things. So moving is good for our blood flow. It's good for our body. It's good for everything. And honoring your hunger and respecting your fullness instead of saying, nope, it's not time to eat yet. I have to wait another hour, even though I'm starving, right? It's about like getting to that point where you can leave a half a cookie on a plate, like magician status, right? Like, yeah, I actually don't really want it. I'm fine. Like that last bite, instead of saying, oh, well, I don't want to just put this back in the box. Like that's stupid. Just saying, I don't need this. Like my body is not a trash can. I don't need to waste it in my stomach or in the trash. I can keep it or whatever, but I don't need to waste it in my stomach. If I, if I eat it and I don't really want it, that's wasting it anyway. Right? So it's about focusing on your health rather than the scale. And honestly, I was just talking to a client about this. She, uh, when we first met, she was adamant. She goes, Christy, I have to lose weight. I, I am at a number where if I go past this number, I have never been that, that big before. She goes, I, I want to get back down to this number. So we started working on these, these small changes that she did. Cause that's really what it is. It's small changes that add up to a big new habit routine, um, that you're just like, wow, that's how it feels automatic. Well, this is what I do now. Like I am allowed to have this, but I just don't really want it. Like you'll get to that point. Um, and I remember she was kind of trending down on the scale and she had this moment where she kind of flew back up a little bit. Um, you know, she had like four events in one week, drinking, things like that. And she was traveling like two weeks later and she's like, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out about going on this trip. I don't know if I could do it like blah, blah, blah. And I go, this is going to be the best thing for you. This trip, it's going to solidify everything that you've learned because before she could not go one night without eating dessert 
And I'm like, it's fine. I eat dessert every night too. But she goes, no, I don't want to do it, blah, blah, blah. So I actually had her go backwards before we went forwards. And I had her, she would eat this pseudo dessert. It was like Greek yogurt with strawberries on it. And she'd put some, I think, chocolate chips or something like that on it. And that was like, whoa, she's she's going crazy, right? And I'm like, no, have what you really want. If you want the cookies, she goes, I always end up going back and grabbing cookies after it. I'm like, you're not truly being satisfied here. You're not satisfying yourself. So no matter what you eat, what you eat, you're still going to be hungry. And that's what we call taste hunger, where you just need a bite or a little bit of something to kind of round things out. And so she started eating two desserts at night and then having that I can do it like I'm allowed to do it. And what that did, having that abundance of I can have as much as I want whenever I want instead of the scarcity of I can't have it, I can't have it, I can't have it. It gave her the freedom to say, actually, if I can have it, I don't really want the yogurt today. I just want the cookies. Or someday she said, I do just want the yogurt. I don't want the cookies, you know, that type of thing. And then she ended up going on her trip. And again, she went on like a two week trip. It was something with her husband and, you know, you're at the mercy of other people with making their food, things like that. And she came back and she said, Christy, everything kind of just fell into place. She got back and I um, talked to her about a week later and she goes, Christy, I, I actually don't even really eat dessert anymore. She goes, because we worked on that abundance, worked on that, you know, freedom with food that I can have it whenever I want. She said, yeah, I could have this, but I don't want to feel that way. Right. I just took bites of things. Um, she got to that point to where if she wanted French fries or something, her husband would order it and she'd have two or three and she'd just be done. It was that taste hunger that was satisfied. And instead of going on both extremes, like I used to do, like maybe you're doing now, she found that balance, that middle ground. And now this is someone where I worked with, um, with, you know, for about three months, I've had people get this within a week. I've had people take a couple of months to, to kind of fall into this place, but you eventually will when you start allowing these foods back into your life. When you start habituating them back into your normal everyday life, it's like, oh, if I can have it anytime I want, it's, it's really not a big deal. Instead of saying I can only have it on this day or only on my cheat days, right? What happens when your cheat day falls on a birthday or on an event day, or what would happen to me all the time? It would be a cheat day. And I'd be like, actually, I just want my vegetables today, but I better eat, you know, this bad fried food stuff, whatever it is, because you know, it's the only day I'm going to get it. And I didn't really want it that day. So it's like, if we just start to really trust ourselves, which I know is, is hard to do, but trust me, there's little tiny steps we can take to get there. Um, those tiny little steps that equal the big habit change in the end. That's what really happens. That's how you get to this point of food freedom. You stop living in this isolated diet bubble of obsessiveness and destructiveness, and you start living your life and you start figuring out how these foods can work into your life because I don't ever want to live in a world without coffee creamer or pizza or mac and cheese or or chocolate like don't ever do that to me and I don't want fucking protein chocolate or like protein pancakes no I want the real stuff I don't want that sometimes I do want the the halo top or you know the yasso bars or something like that but other times I'm like I want the real shit like give me that give me that cheesecake I don't want the um you know protein cheesecake or whatever it is like Sometimes I want the real stuff and just a couple of bites are all I need now instead of having to eat the whole thing because I don't know when I'm going to get it again. 
And every time I talk about this to people, they're like, it makes so much sense, but how you do it, like how to actually get there can be scary. It can be daunting, completely daunting. So this is why I want you to know that you're not alone. You have resources, free resources here. Um, This podcast is a great place to start. I have a new low priced product coming out that is going to help you uh, just start your journey, give you meal ideas, help you build out meals, give you the complete plate system formula to where it's like, all right, this is my breakfast. This is my lunch. This is my dinner, but it's formulated to you through a worksheet that you do. And then it gives you ideas and recipes and meal ideas and substitutions and different things you could do because I freaking hate to cook. Like, don't tell me, oh yeah, every time I sign up for a meal plan or something, I'm like, oh, this sounds great. And then I see the grocery list and it's like two pages long. And I'm like, this is just for the first week. Like, I don't have time to cook all this. Are you kidding me? And then I buy one and it's like, oh, this is the, the, for people who have no time. So instead of spending an hour in the kitchen every day, you spend like, 45 minutes in the kitchen. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I am a a real life person who hates cooking. Honestly, I just throw stuff together because I don't have time for that. And I still am healthy with it. You know, I'm also balanced. I also have satisfying foods. So there's a way to do this to help you out. Um, my free plate building system, if you haven't downloaded that yet, that'll help you template out your plates a little bit. So you can, um, start this journey. I have my 30 day diet detox coming out too, to where it's 30 days of me in your earbuds for about 10 minutes a day. That'll kind of get your mind on track. So you can start to live this life because mindset is everything here. All foods can fit. Like you don't have to take foods away. You just add them in. You add what's missing. If you're having pizza, great. Add some, some salad or some, um, you know, cucumber slices in there, not just for, you know, Oh, it's something green, but because it's also a different texture, it's cold and crunchy and refreshing versus the hot, comforting, cheesy deliciousness of the pizza. You know, your, your body, your tongue, your mind, it loves variety. So the more variety you can give it, the more satiated and full and satisfied you're going to be. So there's a lot of little things that can go along here, but I'm going to tell you every single person is totally different on this journey. So if you do need that individualized help, schedule a discovery call with me. The link is below. There is again, no pressure because what, what we do on this call is I want to hear your story. I want to hear how you started dieting, all the diets you've been on, where you are now, uh, and your goal of where you want to be with food, you know, how you want to feel around food. And I will for free, give you a plan, like a five to nine step plan of, listen, you take these next steps. And from there you can either run with it. Or you can say, yeah, Christy, like, let's go. I need your help. Either way, it's a win-win. Again, there is no pressure. I hate it when people pressure you on that stuff. It's just not my style, not my thing, but it's available for you. So um, the first step, the hardest step is making that call, scheduling it and sticking to it. Uh, How many times I get people that schedule it and delete it? I get it. Don't worry. But there's no judgment. Believe me, I've been been through it all. So um, if you haven't done it, I've had a client that's done it. Uh, I've been doing this for so long now that like you're my people and this is how we get through it is with help. I know I needed somebody to hold my hand through this journey because it's not easy. 
it was one of the hardest yet most rewarding things I've ever done with myself. And it gave me that proof, you know, proof is in the pudding, right? That I can do hard things and that I can break this cycle because this cycle was so deeply rooted within me. I thought I would be the only person in the world that it didn't work for. So, uh, yeah, I would love to talk to you. Love to hear your story. But, um, other than that, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope it related to you. And I hope it hit a chord that let you know that you have help, that you're not alone and I'm here for you. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you today. Until next time, Intuitively Strong, out.